am so happy, 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 happy. I talk a little bit louder than Cameron. <laughs> That's all right. I remember all the five-year-old, my poor Aunt Sonia, she's always like, Dan, we are all here. You do not have to shout. We're all in the same room. What? <laughs> what did you say, Aunt Sonia? Man, I was annoying. I'm still a little annoying, let's be honest. <clears throat> I am so excited today. Because one of my good friends, all the way from Anaheim, California, at the Rock Church over there, has come to bless us, to hang out with us. I have a couple of meetings lined up for him. He's going to uh, meet with some of our leaders here, but also he's going to give a word this morning. I just want to share a little bit about him. He wouldn't want me to share any of this, but I'm going to go ahead and share anyways. He's the executive pastor at this church. The guy started 13, 14 years ago working in the church. Is that right? So you were like two. And because he doesn't look that old and he is so they have 13 campuses, I think, around the country. And he so his job is to supervise the senior pastors of all these different churches uh, around the country. And so that's what he does. So that's cool. Um, Whatever. And then also they have this thing called Operation Solid Lives, OSL. If you've ever been to Northwest Foursquare, they do that over there. It's a discipleship program. Uh, His church actually kind of created it, I guess. It's a big thing uh, over there. And um, but here here he's telling me, I I don't think he was trying to brag, but it was bragging without bragging. He said, yeah, he goes at our church and it's like a six week session. He goes, yeah, at our church and just our church alone, like not around the world where it's actually gone around the world. He goes, at our church alone, we've had 8,000 people go through uh, OSL. I would have to live to 100 to even speak to 8,000 people. But incredible. So enough of me. Would you please welcome Ty Austin? Good to be with you guys this morning in uh, Washington. Who knew that it doesn't rain here? Like we always figure, you know, the Northwest, it rains, it's green. And then we're like landing into Seattle yesterday and it's brown. All the grass is brown. This is not normal, right? Crazy. And then it's smoky. So we feel right at home. I mean, it's dry. There's no rain. It's smoggy. I mean, it, the, when the air tastes, we know we're right at home. When you can taste the air, it's pretty good. No, it is serious. I know that you guys are having a ton of wildfires uh, everywhere. And so... Uh, we're just praying, praying for the firefighters too. Uh, saw the tragedy about those firefighters. In fact, let's pray really quick for the firefighters and all of the personnel that are out there. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We pray that you would protect all the men and women who are out there fighting the fires. We pray that you'd give them wisdom on how to get them under control. We pray that you'd bring rain to the area. You'd bring rain to this land and to uh, eastern Washington. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So, yeah, we feel right at home. Wildfires. All, all we need is earthquake, and I'll feel really good. Just kidding. That would be really creepy if right now there was an earthquake. There won't be. There won't be. Hey, if you would, turn to your Bibles in Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12. And while you turn there, um, I have three kids. We have a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and a seven-month-old. So we can all just pray for us right now. Because that's nuts. And anybody have like three kids or more? Three or more kids? Anybody? Yeah. Several of you do. So some people are like, you guys should go for four. I'm like, you're nuts. You're crazy. Three is enough. Three is enough. And we love all three. My wife will be here next service with our seven-month-old. So that's going to be 
fun too. You know, it's a seven-month-old. It's not easy to get out the door early enough for the 8:45 service. So I'm going to go pick him up right after this. But Mark chapter 12, and while you're turning there, um, I'm going to read to you uh, just really quickly out of Matthew 22. It just says when Jesus was answering somebody, they asked him. They said, "Hey, what's the great commandment?" In other words, they were like, "What's the greatest commandment?" And Jesus answered him and said. You shall love the Lord your God with what? All your heart, all your soul, and with all your mind. Everybody say all. All. And, you know, I've heard different uh, preachers say, what does all mean? It means all. Well, it's, it's actually, um, I just tried to come up with some other words that when I was looking up this passage, that really means undivided. When you bring your all to the Lord, it means it's not your divided self. It's not this little compartment over here and this little piece here or this little piece here. All means undivided. It's it's your complete self. How many of you know when you say, I'm going to bring all that I have, sometimes it's a little intimidating because you know your weaknesses. <laughs> you know those weak spots that maybe no one else knows about, but God knows them. He knows where you're not the strongest. He knows where you're tempted. He knows all of those things. And yet he still says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart. All of your soul, all of your mind, love him with all of those things. And so today I just want to talk briefly about giving your all, giving your all, giving your all. I'm going to give you two examples that I just, I love these two examples. And yes, they, they do have to do in the, the story about finances. But number one, I'm not talking about money. And number two, I'm not going to take an offering so everybody can relax. <laughs> but I do love these two stories. Number one, because there's, they're about, there's two women in the Bible and both of them caught the attention of heaven. They caught the attention of Jesus. But the, the amount that they gave, the quantity they gave, were, is almost like polar opposites. Polar opposites. But yet, they both caught the attention of Jesus. I want to start with the first example in Mark chapter 12. If you go down to verse 41. Mark chapter 12, verse 41. I'm going to read all the way through verse 44. It says, Now Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people put money into the treasury. And many who were rich put in much. Then one poor widow came and threw in two mites, two mites, which make a quadrants. So he called to his disciples to himself and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. For they all put in out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had, her whole livelihood. If you do have a Bible and a pen, just underline that where it says, put in all that she had, all that she had, all that she had. You know, a couple of things catch me about this story. Number one is that Jesus was watching. He's sitting there in the, the temple. He's sitting by the treasury and he's watching people give. He's watching them put in their, their technically, really their offerings, but they're putting in their money there. And he's watching, and he's seeing all the rich people they come. And of course, you know, it's kind of expected the rich people have more to give. They're putting in more. But what caught his attention were not really the rich people. It was a widow. And you know, women already in this society don't have the most prominent place. They're not going to be your leaders. They're not going to be the people who have governmental positions or positions within the, the, uh, within the temple. They're, they don't. They, don't. They, they're, they have a totally different place in this society. And so this woman comes in, and not only is she a woman, but she's a widow. In other words, when someone loses their husband... Man, she, 
she has very little. She's living off of other people. That's why God throughout the Bible talks about taking care of widows. Why? Because they're poor. Their society kind of puts them down. They're, they really don't have a place anymore because their place was their husband. So when a woman loses her husband, man, she has very little. So here comes this woman. She's coming into the temple and she's probably feeling like, I don't really have much to, to offer. I don't really have much to give. And I see all these other people, they're rich, they seem to have more than I do. And she comes in and she gives two mites, two mites. And so I wanted to kind of see, and, and I did some math here, because two mites uh, really equals one sixty-fourth of a denarii, okay? A denarii at that time was one day's wage. So she gave one sixty-fourth of one day's wage. So I used California's minimum wage, which is $9.00. And I figured out, okay, what is 164th if we did an eight-hour day and $9 an hour? That woman gave, in today's time, $1.08. That would be like one of us coming in here today. We take offering. And some of you may have given $20, some 100 And she put in $1.08. And she caught the attention of Jesus. He doesn't mention anybody else. He doesn't mention anybody else. Of significance, he doesn't say that that, hey, disciples, come here, let me tell you about these rich people. He said, no, 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 come and let me tell you about this widow. She gave a dollar and eight cents. Why did it catch his attention? Because she gave what? All that she had. She gave all that she had. You see, I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes I discount myself because I feel like, well, Lord, I don't have much. And let me take it out of monetary. Let me take it out of finances. Lord, I don't have that much talent. You see, I see all these people, and man, they're, they're so talented. They play piano. <laughs> they sing great. No, but they do all, there's all these people, and, and, and if you're like me, you kind of look at everybody else and think, man, they've got their stuff all together. They have so much more. And so what, what can we as humans tend to do? We start to shrink back. We start to back off. We start to say, you know what? I don't really have that much, so why am I going to put in this little bit, this little amount? Why am I going to put in my dollar and eight cents? Why am I going to put in that, that little talent that I have? Because it's probably not going to make that big of a difference, and I don't want to really stick out. You see, this widow, she's coming to the temple, and she sticks out. Let's be honest. Have you ever gone to a place and you feel like, man, I am out of my league? Have you ever gone into one of those restaurants and everybody's dressed up and, and you come in and you've got shorts on and you're like, oh, geez, I'm in the, I, I, and, and there's like nowhere else to eat. So you're like, I got to eat here. But I just, anybody else besides me, I've gone into one of those places or you go into a shopping center and man, they've got the, the, the name brands, they got all the designer clothes and you look at a price tag, you're like, okay, I'm in the wrong, wrong store, time to go to Target, you know? Well, she's in that place. She's, 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 she's out of her league, so to speak. But yet this woman comes in and she brings her dollar and eight cents. She brings all that she had and she caught the attention of heaven. And we're talking about her today, 2,000 years later. That's incredible to me. Because I don't know if about you, but there's been times in my life where I've just felt like I put it on the line. Where you do, you're like, man, I don't feel like I have the greatest. I don't really feel like I have all that. But you know what? I love God enough that I'm just going to give what I do have. I'm going to just step out there. I am going to give what I do have. My family, you know, when I was 18 years old, I moved from California, or I moved from North Carolina. I grew up in the South. So if you ever hear a y'all in here or whatever, that's why I'm from the South. 
So I, I moved from North Carolina to California. And why did I do that? Because there was a Bible college who now I'm, I'm in my master's program there, or I'm, I'm on a break. <laughs> Dan and I are both on break from, from a master's program. Uh, uh, I laugh because we both intended to finish within two years, but life happens. We have kids, so get over it. All right. So, <laughs> but anyways, when I was doing my undergrad, uh, starting, it was 13 years ago, I moved and I traveled across the country. I left everything. Everything. I didn't have one family member. I knew one person in California. Actually, I knew maybe two people in California. I left everything. Why? Because I knew right here that God had called me to go to Bible college. So, yeah, I didn't give money there. I gave my life. I gave up going to friends' weddings. I gave up going to family members' weddings and special events and birthday parties and being close to my parents and being close to all my relatives. I gave it up. Why? Because in here, I knew that I'm not settled with just giving part of my life, the church part where I could come on Sunday. I wanted to give everything that I had. So in, for my life, it required me um, to follow the, the call of God to go to Bible college. So I left it. So in other words, when I read this and I read about this woman, it really touches a very sensitive part of my heart. Because at the time it could feel like, well, Lord, I don't really, come on, I don't have that much to give. I mean, I'm from Podunk, North Carolina, and you want me to move to California? You know, I mean, I literally lived near, well, you guys can relate, but near cow pastures. Like, I, I didn't grow up in in California. So to me, it was very foreign to, to, to go to a church that had 200 people, 300 people at the time. I mean, I thought that was big because I grew up at a church that was like 70 people on a good day. You know, like that's that's what I, I so I thought, Lord, why would I leave all of that to go to California? And I'll tell you what drove. It was my commitment and love to God. So when Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. It's that th- those are the times when you're tested. Are you actually going to do all? Are you going to give your undivided, complete self to the call of God? So I just love that this woman, she comes in there and she, I mean, she puts in her money and she walks off and has no idea that she caught the attention of Jesus. I wonder how many times you've given all, like you've just given it and you've caught the attention of the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? I'm going to give you another example. If you'll turn over to, let's see here. Go to Mark chapter uh, 14. Mark chapter 14. I'm going to give you another example of another lady. And I love this example of this lady because this lady had some kind of guts. And I'm just going to read the story and then we'll, we'll kind of just talk about it. But Mark chapter 14, verse 3, I'm going to read through verse 9. It says, And being in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper... As he sat at the table, as Jesus sat at the table, a woman came in having an alabaster flask of very costly oil of spikenard. Then she broke the flask and poured it on his head. But there were some there who were indignant among themselves and said, why has this fragrant oil been wasted? Why was it wasted? For it might have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they criticized her sharply 
Verse 6, but Jesus said, let her alone. Why do you trouble her? For she has done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always, and whenever you wish, you may do them good. But me, you do not always have. Verse 8, she has done what she could. She has come beforehand to anoint my body for burial. Assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. So here's, again, a lady, and they're all gathered around. And I just love this story because I can kind of imagine, because I feel like I've been to these scenarios before, and I've probably been, maybe you've been one of those guys who are like, what are you doing? Like, this is, you're a little extreme. You're a little out there. But here I just imagine he's, uh, Jesus is at this person's house, you know, and they're all hanging out. And you just figure, like, everybody's chilling, you know. It's just, it's just chill. Everybody's there. And here comes this woman, and now all of a sudden things get a little kooky. You know, she comes in and she brings the oil. Have you ever been around those people where it's like everything becomes spiritual all of a sudden? And you're like, what in the world? Like, I thought we were just hanging out. Like, last night there was a movie night, you know. I thought we were just having a movie night, but all of a sudden this woman comes in, and she ignores the whole thing that's going on there. Ignores everybody, ignores everything that's going on in that house. And she comes in and she finds Jesus. And for whatever reason, whatever possessed her, she takes this flask of oil, costly oil, and she breaks the flask and pours it over. Now, the people, you know, they, they, some of the guys, they got a little tweaked because they're probably like me and they're wondering, good gravy what are you what are you trying to prove you know what i mean let's be honest sometimes we can all we can be the people who are kind of um second guessing people's motives right well this lady comes in she breaks the flask and they said you could have sold it for 300 denarii well remember i just said that a denarii is what one day's wage so they're saying that this would have been 300 denarii 300 days wages pretty much a year in today's terms so i did the math I did the math, and here's what that oil was worth, if you can believe it. That oil was worth $21,600 in today's terms. $21,600. Now, when you put this beside the other story, that woman gave a dollar and eight cents. This woman gave $21,600. Why do I bring up the cost? Here's why I bring up the cost, because to Jesus, they were the same. To the Lord, they were the same, same playing field, same level. Why? Because they both gave everything they had. They both gave all. Because Jesus said that woman gave what she what? Could. In other words, that's what she had. That's what she could do. She had oil. That's what she could, she could give. And here's what I love about this woman because she comes in and she's just... she's just a little out there. You know, she comes in and she ignores all the people... And she breaks the, the, that flask. In other words, when you break it, it's out. You can't put it back in. It's ruined. It's, it's done for. Well, I love that because isn't that really what we need to do with our own life? Isn't that really the moment we all need to have in our own life where you come in and you've got this thing that you just have nicely put together. You've kind of put your whole life plan together. I know there are people, maybe people in here who have your five-year, ten-year plan. I haven't been one of those people. <laughs> My finances show it. No, I just, <laughs> I, I'm not, I haven't been one of those people, though I'd lo- I would love to be one day. Um, but there are people who they ha- just have their life all neatly planned together. And I just wonder, 
what that breaking the flask would mean for your own life. Like, what would it mean for you to break that so that you're not going back? Like, you've kind of ruined all options to go back. Like, there's really nothing to go back to. Because with this woman, she came in and she ignored everybody else. She said, I really am not thinking about you right now. All I'm thinking about is here's Jesus, somebody who's done wonders for my life. And I feel like I just got to give what I, what I can. I just, I feel like I got to give what I can. And she didn't even know, honestly, that what she was that she was preparing him for burial. She was just doing what she could. So she comes in, she breaks the flask, and she pours it over. You see, in my own life, like this, this is this story. It just, it's it, for both my wife and I. We both have this moment in our own life. You know, for my wife, I remember uh, right before we got married, we talked about it because she she had done an internship at the church. And her whole family was like, what are you doing an internship for? What are you giving up a year to church for? Like, go get a job. <laughs> go, 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 go get a career. Go do this. Go do that. And something in her, like, burned that I can't do that. Like, that is not what I'm called to do. This, there's something else that the Lord has called me to do. So for her, she had to ignore all the critics, all the naysayers, all the haters. You know what I'm saying? Haters going to hate, 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 hate. No. I'm looking at this end because I figured they'd get it. <laughs> okay, got to move on. Taylor Swift just came in the room. Okay, time to go. Um, no, but let's be, let's be real. You got family members. You got friends who you start to try to do stuff for God. And what, what happens? I mean, all of a sudden, the opinions start to come from every direction. The aunt you haven't talked to in 10 years all of a sudden calls you. Hey, honey, what's going on? I heard you're going to do something for church. And then, you know, within five minutes, it gets to the opinion, right? Well, I don't think you should do that. I think you need to go get a job. I think you need to do this. I don't know why you're spending so much time at the church. Why do you give so much to the church? Why do you do all that? All the opinions start to, like, fly your way. That's why I love this woman, because she didn't pay attention to any of those people. She said, I'm going to give everything that I have, everything that I have, everything that I have. And that woman, Jesus said, That's, that, as, as, as long as this is told, man, there's going to be a memorial to this woman. It says, wherever the gospel is preached in the whole world, this woman, what she has done will be told to her. That's pretty phenomenal. And here we are in Washington talking about this woman. Like that's the word of, I mean, that's, that's the word happening. And sometimes we feel like, man, what I have is insignificant. Because honestly, I, I would guess if we talked to that woman, she'd be like, I didn't feel like it was that much. I mean, it was oil. It was the only oil that I had. She probably wished she could have get. I, I wish I would have been able to give you something else. I wish I would have been able to give you what other people were able to give you and I wish I had more talents. I wish I would have been able to be, like, be one of your disciples where I could come and be with you all the time and help you out. But, but this is all I had. There's no, no indication here that this woman wanted the fame. She didn't want the, the, the notoriety. She just wanted to do something for the Lord. And I don't know about you, but something in here just touches my heart where it's like, Lord, I want to be one of those people. 
I don't want to be one of those people when I get to the end of my life, I see the eyes of Jesus and there's just that feeling of I held back. Like I, I didn't give everything that I had. You know, when you come to the end of your life, I don't, I don't think I've ever heard of a story where someone came to the end of their life and say, you know what? I gave too much to the Lord. I did too much for the Lord. I shouldn't have done that much. I should have, I should have watched more Netflix. That's really, I really should have binged on some of those episodes. No, I, I just, you never hear that, do you? You never hear that. And again, I'm not saying come and, and be stupid <laughs> with your time and, and neglect family and neglect things that are important. That's not what this is about. There, but there is an element of we all, t- we all, everybody, we've got parts of our heart. And some it may be time. Some may it be your gifts and talent. Some it may be just a hidden part of your life where you just haven't gotten right with the Lord yet. And we tend to hold it, we just hold it back. And I just feel like today is an awesome opportunity to break that flask of oil in your own life and, and almost like um, with real guts say, you know what, uh, I don't know what all this means. I probably could have, you know, like woman probably could have sold that for that much money from what they're saying. But I, I just feel like I got to give everything I've got to this, my whole heart. That's why Jesus, when he says, what's the greatest commandment? He said, that you'd love the Lord your God with all, with all, with all, with all. He didn't say part. <laughs> Don't we wish he would have said part? Because we'd be like, oh, that's easy. Good, part. Got it. No, he said all. He said all. And I just pray that as I'm talking, the Holy Spirit is searching. The light of God's word, like a big old spotlight, is just searching through your heart. And just identifying what part haven't you given yet. What part would maybe you say, I'm withholding that part? Some of you, you may say, no, I've given all, and you identify with these people. And, I mean, that's amazing. But I know in my own life, there's parts where as I've, as I've really looked through this, it's like I feel like the light of God's word. The Bible says the entrance of his word gives light. In other words, there are shadowy areas, dark areas of our life, and the light of God's word comes in there and shines a big old spotlight and shows you what's really going on there. Well, why does he do that? Because it's an amazing opportunity for you to get that right. Just come, bring it to the Lord. It's not some religious thing. It's just a Lord, I, I need your help. I want to give all. Some of you, it may be like, I don't even know how to give that part of my life. Fear may grip you. Um, insecurity may grip you. And that's, those are the things where you bring that to the Lord. You say, Lord, I'm freaked out by that. I'm freaked out by the notion of giving that part of my life to you. Just to be honest, the Lord can take that. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible says that God is, he is able uh, to help us both to will and to do his good pleasure. In other words, when you don't have the want to, God will give you the want to. I love that because did you know that pastors don't wake up in the morning with this just want to like, oh, God, I'm just so ready every morning just to wake up and want to do your will perfectly. (laughs) I mean, that happens for you. I know it does, but (laughs) but it has it doesn't happen for me sometimes. So there's been times in my life where I say, Lord, help me to want to. 
And I love the word of God because it says that he will do that. He'll give you the want to. He'll give you the want to. And he'll give you the how to. He'll, he'll, he'll help you actually do it. I love that. That's grace. That's the grace of God where he comes in and he says, listen, I know that sometimes you're not going to want to give your all. In that time, I'll help you. In that time, I'll help you. Because there are hard parts in our life where it's like, man, how do I give that to the Lord? I know that there are parts of life that if you feel like, and I just feel like I should share this. Like there are parts of life where you feel like, man, if other people knew that, that's shameful. It's shameful that I even struggle with that, that I deal with that. That's where the, the strength of God will come and he'll help you. He'll help you get that part right with him. He'll help you overcome that fear. And grace and mercy of God will meet you when you just open that part of your life. Isn't that good? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, just a couple, uh, just a couple thoughts before I pray. Um, one, y'all don't know the story about the rich young ruler so there was this guy who came to Jesus, and he came, and he's like, Lord, you know, I've done this, I've done this, and um, uh, how, how, what else do I need to do? And Jesus said, go sell all that you have and come follow me. Go sell all that you have, give the proceeds to the poor, and come follow me. And that rich young ruler went away, what? Sorrowful, sad. Why? Because he didn't know how he could do that. How can I give everything I have? What's amazing about that story is right after that, Jesus told all his disciples, he says, hey, everybody who gives up lands and family and mothers and all that, you're going to get all that back in this lifetime and in the next. In other words, don't worry about all that. I got you covered. And I'm like, man, if that rich young ruler would have heard that word, maybe he would have had the strength to stick it through. But Jesus let him walk away. Why? Because Jesus was after your heart. He's after his heart. He's not after his possessions. He's not after all the stuff. He's after this. Last thing, we've been reading um, in, our, in our daily Bible reading, we've been reading in Kings. And I love the Kings because it just kind of goes king after king after king. And it's so good about leadership. But what are, one of the most amazing parts about the, the two books, uh, First Kings and Second Kings, is each king, it judges them by their heart. It ends with every king. It talks about what was going on in here. Some of them, they did some great things for God, but their heart was not totally committed to the Lord. And you'll read it. You'll just read it time after time. And you're like, man, they did so many good things in God. In the, in the scripture, it just says, yeah, but their heart wasn't totally committed. 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 That's why when we get to Jesus, he says, listen, this is the best thing you could do for your life. Give all. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your strength. Love him with that. Love him with everything you've got. So I just want to pray. If you would just bow your heads, we're going to pray. I just want to give you an opportunity with your, with your eyes closed and just between you and the Lord. One of the great things about me preaching this message is I don't know really you. I don't know you. I don't know the areas of life that you're going through. So there's a real purity to you just coming before the Lord and just maybe there's been an area that's been too, it's felt inconvenient to give that part of your life. 
Maybe it's been insecurity like, Lord, I feel like that widow who really I don't have that much. And I see all these other people. They're so talented. They're so, they have the status. They've got the family. They've got, they seem to have it all. And I I don't feel like I have that much. Maybe that's held you back. Maybe for someone else, you're like the woman who brought in the oil and it's just time for you to stop listening to all the voices, all the opinions, all the people who seem to think they know what's best for you. And it's just time for us to give our all. Give Jesus the gift of all. So, Lord, we all come to you in Jesus' name. We thank you for your word. We thank you for these examples of these women in the word. And Lord, I just tell you today, I want to be like those women. I don't want to be held back by fear. I don't want to be held back by insecurity or anything else. I want to catch your attention. (laughs) I want my life to be just a, a burning, bright example of giving everything that I have. Everything that I have. So right now, just between you and the Lord. Just express that to him. Lord, I want to give you everything that I have. Nothing held back. Nothing kept safe from you. I want to give everything that I have. Glory to God. And Lord, I thank you that as each one of us makes that commitment. That you give us the will And you help us to do your good pleasure. We're not on our own. We're not in our own strength. You are with us. You are kind. You are gracious. You are merciful. Even when we mess up, when we've made wrong decisions, you're so gracious. You're so merciful. We thank you for it, Lord. We thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name.